Hello, welcome back to the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. I'm Thomas Fitch. Today we have another episode of the Texas Longhorn Recap. We're talking about Texas's 38-7 win over Baylor, who is now 0-8. Texas moves to 4-4, four four, um, two games away from being bowl eligible. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to break down offensive performances. Again, another slow start. Uh, defense keeps rolling. And we will go into college football playoffs um, because they release the rankings tomorrow night. So let's start off with the offense. And um, really quick, because it's Halloween tomorrow, I do want to show you all my costume. I'm dressed up as Texas offense in the first half, first quarter. Give me one second. I'll be right, right back. Okay, so for those of y'all listening to the podcast, I've currently moved out of screen. The reason I have done that is because I'm invisible. I am not showing up just like the Texas offense in the first quarter and first half. So, little joke. But um, Texas, again, for a, a large majority of the first half, only led 7 nothing. It was it just it's taken a while to get the offense to develop. And some of that is is just slowly wearing down the defense. And again, thirty-eight to seven—that's not a bad. Thirty-eight points is not a bad offensive performance, but it's taking too long, and that's why we lost to Oklahoma State. That's why we lost to Oklahoma. That's why we lost to USC and Maryland. Even Maryland. Every game we've lost, we have started very poorly, especially in the first quarter, and we need to work on that. Dembeck's got to find a way to get the guys coming out hot and scoring quick. Um, if if we want to have a shot at, you know. Not necessarily winning a bowl game, but at least having a shot to win games at TCU, at West Virginia, uh, the tougher two games left on our schedule coming up over the next two weeks. Um, so overall in the offense, uh, the offensive line struggled some more. Um, <clears throat> however, with the struggle, with uh, Bouchelle having 12 guys in his face every play, he, he had a very average game, I would say. He, he ended up being 27-34, 256 yards, uh, one touchdown, one interception. And it wasn't, wasn't a bad performance. It was, it was a game manager performance, I felt like, from him. He showed he's, a very, he's an accurate quarterback. He has that, but it's, it's against a, a bad team in Baylor. And it's just he, he, when he's in the big games, he hasn't done what's needed to, to do to win. Ellinger has done that, even though he hasn't <laughs> – even though he hasn't won the games against USC, he had a clutch uh, drive at the end of the game that got us into overtime. Against Kansas State, he won the game for us. Against OU, a good comeback. Against Oklahoma State, a good, besides the interception. So it, it's an interesting debate to look at. Well, Bouchelle's played decent in the games he's played, but I think, A, looking to the future, Ellinger is the future, so that's one reason to get in the start. The second... Ellinger just has certain intangibles, even though I would say Bouchelle, as of right now, is a better quarterback, is a better passer. Um, Ellinger does have better legs and just just uh, a better feel of the, of the pocket. But even though overall Bouchelle is a better quarterback right now, I think Ellinger has the intangibles, and that's why if he's healthy, again, he has to be clear from concussion protocol, but if he's healthy, and I feel like there's a good chance he'll get cleared. If he can get cleared in the OU game, there's a good chance he can get cleared going up against TCU. 
I don't know if that process is good or not, but I think he can get cleared. So I think he should and will be taking the start against TCU and against West Virginia if he stays healthy. You look at uh, the rushing game, uh, there was there was more commitment to the run on the part of Tim Beck, and for the most part, I would say it paid off. Overall, the team had 35 rushes for 171 yards, but Tennille Carter was the leading rusher. He had 15 carries, 70 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Dan, uh, Young had uh, the other freshman. He had a good game. He had seven carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, and uh, Bouchelle, uh, nine carries for 42 yards, but the majority of those yards was on his 28-yard touchdown scaper. Um, the two people who didn't get the ball, the experienced veterans, uh, or didn't get the ball much, Warren had two carries for three yards, and Porter did not touch the ball once. But we finally saw we're going back-to-back plays run, uh, running the ball, and overall there was just more runs. 35 rushes is a fairly high total compared to what we have been doing in the past. The other thing that where, where we really struggled, especially in the first half, was the short yardage package, which is something that we've struggled with all year. The you get you pick up you know seven eight yards on a first down, and then second and two nothing's doing. Third and two nothing's doing. Sometimes we'll go for for it on fourth down. You know when you run Ellinger, try to do the eighteen wheeler package with you know a little white guy Ellinger, and he loses yard. So Tim Beck's got to find a much better way to to get a first down on this short I mean you have a I get that Warren hasn't been running great but he is still 62 250 pounds. He is he is massive. Just give him the ball. I don't care if he's getting 1 yard a carry on second and 2, give him the ball 3 times, averaging 1 yard a carry. There's a good chance he'll get you the first down. Just have him fall forward and he gets it to you. So or or run a short little slant pattern. Something easy. I just, it's too complicated and it's, it's such a simple, simple thing and such a bummer when you can have a good first down play and then you just get stalled. So that was one way offensively where I think we really needed to improve. And going back to the O-line, it wasn't, again, you got to put things in perspective because you are playing 0-8 Baylor. However, you know, the O-line was not bad. They they really weren't. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many sacks Shane took. He had, so only two sacks. But there, he had a lot of hurries, um, a lot of times scrambling around the pocket. But two sacks, and there weren't a ton of holding penalties either. Um, so two sacks with such a inexperienced uh, offensive line is very impressive, I think. And I think... It just shows the growth, and you have to you have to give props to Tim Beck and Herman for getting this crew ready to play. And again, I get it's against a Baylor team, but still, an impressive performance for a very depleted offensive line. And I will say, when you look at how bad the offensive line is, that does put in per, into perspective quarterback performances. It's hard, no matter who you put in the game. Doesn't matter if you have Shane starting. Doesn't matter if you have Sam starting. They're going to be running for their lives every play. They're going to have guys in their face, especially when you start to get to better teams like TCU and West Virginia. That's going to happen. And so regardless of who starts, they're going to play a lot worse than they would with a good offensive line, and it's just going to be a struggle for them. So as far as that's concerned, 
I don't think it matters as much who you have in quarterback because they're just going to get beaten up upon all game. Let's move on to the defense because the defense was again impressive, kept us in this game. Uh, there was a large part of the whole first quarter and a decent amount of the second quarter when we were still just up 7 nothing, and one big play from Baylor and it's a tie game. But the defense did a good job of holding Baylor, keeping them. You look at rushing yards, 37 attempts for 31 yards. And granted, that's counting sacks. But overall, was not bad. They had two quarterbacks that were going back and forth. Smith was 4 for 11, 37 yards. Brewer, 17 of 27, 181 yards. But they're not, not much was happening. They only scored seven points. And so you look at that, this defense is... I think it's hard to look at Baylor and say we've improved going from holding Oklahoma State to 10 points and then you hold Baylor to 7 points. However, there are 10 points in regulation with Oklahoma State. However, it it is still an impressive performance regardless of who you play. And you look at this as a Baylor team who scored 41 against Oklahoma. So clearly this defense is doing things um, – and has to be considered one of the most impressive defenses in the nation right now. And one of the better defenses that Texas has had in a while. We are finally consistently making tackles. We are forcing turnovers. We are able to get off the field on third down. So that that is impressive. That is something we have struggled with since 2009, really, in that championship run. And so it's good to get back to that. It's a shame when you look at guys like Malik, who is just having a career year, he had eight total tackles, six uh, solo, one and a half sacks, and two and a half tackle for losses. But he is just, he's everywhere, and uh, it's a shame that he's going to have to, he'll be in the NFL next year, more than likely. Um, he's He's been given, a you know, a variety of, of grades for where he's going to be drafted. I've heard anywhere from top 10 to second and third round. Regardless, all the scouts see him as a very athletic, uh, just, raw talent, raw skill, uh, linebacker. So there's, there's a good chance that he has four games left with the university, but a lot of young, I mean, Holton Hill, who I'm sure he'll be at the top of draft boards next year, who's still a sophomore, but he's all over the field and and very impressive in pass coverage. You'll notice they don't throw, the quarterbacks don't throw to him much because he is such a lockdown corner and he is such a good open he's one of the best open field tacklers i've seen ever i think in in texas football history elliot had another interception he had seven uh solo tackles but one one thing that really impresses me is just up and down everybody's performing on the defense everybody's getting involved hager had a good game he had five tackles pj Locke, who was in an ankle boot today which worries me a little bit but Five total tackles. I mean, there's just a long list of guys. Gary Johnson, who's playing really well. He had six tackles. Uh, McCullough had a good sack. Um, Puna Ford uh, only had one tackle, but he's still making his presence known. So uh, up and down the list, the guys on defense are getting things done, which is really good um, to see. Um, and I think one thing. You know, Oklahoma State just blew out, or not blew out, but put up a ton of points against um, against West Virginia last week. And when you compare that to West Virginia, who has a good, or 
at the beginning of the year was considered a very good defense to now you look at Oklahoma State, they put up 50 on West Virginia. 50 on a team who's supposed to have a very good defense compared to us who gave up 10. So that, you have to look at that and, and just say, this is a, a largely, it, just an incredible defense. Incredible defense because Oklahoma State, except for our game, averaging about 50 points a game and then they drop off to 10. That That is spectacular. Um, so some takeaways. Um, you know, it, it was a game we should have won no matter what. It's Baylor. They're 0-8. And granted, it's, it's an improved... This is not the Baylor team that lost to Liberty. As fun as it is to say that they lost to Liberty, they lost to US, they've lost to everybody, but especially Liberty. Always fun to mention. However, you know, they're 0-8, regardless of how many points they put up on Oklahoma, regardless of how close they play K-State and West Virginia. They are still 0-8. It was a game we should have won. And so 38-7 to is a respectable score, but it would have been nice to see us start off faster because that is something we've struggled with this whole year. Um, you know, I think you look at the remaining four games. We have T- uh, TCU next week on the road, West Virginia after that on the road, um, or maybe Kansas might be before that at home. And then you just have, yeah, I believe it's, it goes TCU, then Kansas at home, then West Virginia on the road and then finishing off Tech at home. All of those are very winnable, and I think you see what Oklahoma State did, putting up 50 points against a a decent defense in West Virginia. I think that gives us good hope for winning that game. Um, But, and and TCU, I think we we have a chance of winning. I I would not say, if I was making a prediction, I would say we we finished 7-5 on the year because... It is, even when you have an incredible defense, it is still very tough to win when the offensive performance is just not there at all. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think TCU will be a good game next week to get a feel for the defense going up against um, a very overall, TCU is just a very balanced team. I don't think they're you know, exceptional in one category, but they're a solid defense, solid offense, solid everywhere. So that, I would say, if I was predicting one loss, it would be there. It's on the road. So that's going to be a tough game. But I like our chances against West Virginia, even it, even though it's on the road in Morgantown. I like those chances. Kansas, we're not going to lose again to Kansas. I, bold, hot take. We will not lose to Kansas this year. Um, and then I think Tech is a good chance we could win on the road. 